the hardest moment as a founder? Actually, for me, if someone get poached, it's actually hurting me more rather than if seeing someone go and do their own business. I like to see people, if they live at Smart Africa Group, they need to go and do something else. And uh, we see people doing things and uh, we think like it's magical, but actually there are other people in the corner, they're actually suffering. The fear of fail, the fear of betrayal, the fear of whatever. What's up, everybody? My name is Benjamin Fernandez. I'm the founder and CEO of Nala. Today, I'm super excited to be hosting one of our very own from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, which is where I'm from as well, uh, Edwin Bruno, the founder and CEO of Smart Africa Group. Edwin Karibusana. Asante Sana. Thank you so much for coming here today uh, in our office in Nairobi. It's really, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Amazing, and congratulations on all this setup. It's amazing. Thank you. It's an inspiring. Thank you. We'll try our best. Yeah. Anyway, so for those of you who don't know Edwin, he's the founder uh, of Smart Africa Group. They provide multiple services and recently launched a product in Kenya East Af- with the East Africa expansion for Rifali. Maybe you want to tell people what Rifali does directly? Yeah. Uh, so Rifali, it's a, a digital platform whereby we digitalize uh, the uh, publisher publication industry. So starting from newspaper, magazine, books, but also adding value into people who are doing podcasts. So doing the stories, article, and everything in between. So the most important thing here, we want people to discover the news anywhere, anytime. So basically, or briefly, we say that we are building the Amazon of content. So yeah. what, let's jump into that, because, like, you know, We'll come into the background of everything you, you, else you've done because you've done so many things in the ecosystem in East yeah. Africa. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back. But I want to just touch base on Rifali a little bit so we can understand a little bit better. Yeah. When you say the Amazon of content, what does that mean? So the Amazon of content is, um, you know, in Africa, we need to tell our story. And uh, the way to tell our story is to give people a platform whereby they can put the original story and this original story people can come and discover. And with the rise of technology, especially the internet penetration and mobile devices and things like that, people should be able to consume content at any time they want. Let's say, for example, back in the days for you to, you know, to read a news, you have to wait until tomorrow to be it in the newspaper. Or maybe, uh, you know, you go to, uh, especially in Tanzania, the 8 p.m. thing, where that it's when the news, yeah, it's actually happening. Well, actually, a lot of things have been happening. And even those news, sometimes people are not really concentrated to, you know, a certain segment. But people, they want personalized news. And it's all about, not all about news, but also about learning. So that's why for us, Rifali, uh, actually, is a Swahili word, uh, which means tarifa na marifa but digitally yeah you know so we want to give people news for people to discover news but also to get educated in order to add value in everything they do so i'm sure a question in the audience people might be wondering is mm-hmm. do you think they're not getting news like you know you have a young generation maybe it's finding it on twitter or maybe like getting the mm-hmm. news from different places or mm-hmm. whatsapp groups or so on mm-hmm. um so i'd love to understand like the, the conviction that you built behind, like why uh, you, you feel like people need to find their news that way through Rifali? 
Okay, so in, in social media, the likes of you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and everything in between, they are getting news, but it's not authentic news. Right. And uh, pretty much sometimes it's just a gossip. People are building on top of it. Right. So with Riffly, it's a channel whereby those people who you trust yeah. that they can deliver news. So yeah. for example, uh, uh, the newspaper publication industry, yeah. you know, all of them, especially, let's say, for example, in Tanzania, if you want, let's say now I'm in Nairobi, but yeah. I want to read maybe the city. Yeah. How can I get it? Yeah. You know. So now with Rifli, you just go Rifli, and then you choose Tanzania because since now we are in three countries, you can choose Tanzania, or you can choose Kenya, or you can choose, you know, Uganda. And then within that, the newspaper, the books, the magazine, and the story of that will yeah. come. And of course, based on the keywords which you have subscribed as an interest, yeah. the news will be curated, curated into that. Yeah. Understood. Cool. Well, even before you started Reefly, uh, there's many other businesses you've built. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to jump into your journey as a founder. Um, mm -hmm. Let's start with the background. Where's home yeah. for you originally? I'm actually coming from uh, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. I think Kilimanjaro is very popular around the world. Uh, Kenyans yeah. think Kilimanjaro is in <laughs> Kenya, but it's not. Uh, sorry to break that news to all the Kenyans listening. Yeah, yeah. it's Kilimanjaro uh, in a place called uh, Moshi. Okay. That's where it's all got started. So you yeah. grew up in Moshi? Yeah, I grew up in Moshi. And then after that, so I did there my primary uh, school, uh -huh. which was government school. And then I passed and I went to secondary school, Mawen Secondary School, which actually, again, also it's in Moshi. So you see, at that time, uh, for us people who were coming on the, you know, uh, we don't say... Uh, poor family but middle family it's all about for education it's not about the family to push you you have to struggle on your own and at that time it's all about you know if you don't pass your exam pretty much there's no chances for you to go to private school mm. you know so we used to be reading day and night to make sure we reach there so of course i managed to pass uh, uh, form four and then i went to Puk secondary school and at that time, of course, even if I was actually in Moshi, I wanted, I had this big vision, especially in technology. So like, you know what? What got you interested in technology in the first place? Uh, so on my second school, yeah. yeah so we used to have uh, this optional class. Yeah. yeah. So the optional class, people used to do cookery, they used to do football and things around it. Yeah. But for me, I was interested in uh, typewriting. Because I was passing and saying, like, these people, they're just making noise. <laughs> How does this machine work? So with that curiosity, I said, like, I have to be into this class. So I joined the type, uh, typewriting class. Yeah. And then within typewriting class, I said, what is the future or what is the advance of okay. this machine? Because, you know, when you make an error, you have to scrap all the paper yeah. and then you start it again. Yeah. And then now, of course, the computer was already there. But uh, to access the computer, as we, you know, at home, no one has a computer or no one can even afford one, even a mobile phone, not a mobile phone, a landline phone at home. So you have to find a way to save your small pocket money and you spend all of it into the internet cafe. So I think I can say it was like an addict or a drug at that time was for me to be just on the internet. So going, spending all my money into internet cafe just to discover how things work. And within that, uh, you know, I said, okay, so for me to take this road, yeah. uh, you know, how can I pursue my future around it? So I discovered that actually I need to start science. 
So to start science, okay, so uh, you look on your background and say, okay, so what's the best school for science in Tanzania? You don't have an option. It needs to be an, a government yeah. because you have to pass the exam again. So at that time, it was, you know, Pugu Secondary School. Uh, there was a Minaki. Uh, of course, there was a Kiba, Ilboru, and everything. Yeah. Those top school. And um, uh, for you also to, to enter into those schools, uh, you have to compete because, uh, you know, across Tanzania, it's actually accepting, it was about maybe 20 to 25, uh, you know, person, and everyone was fighting to get that. But for me, and of course we had other school, uh, you know, uh, in Bear and things like that, but for me, I wanted to be in town because that's where things are happening. Uh, yeah, to be in Dar es Salaam. Okay, okay, you know, though yeah, I was yeah. in Moshi, yeah. you know, the, the nearest one was Ilboru yeah. to go there. And of course, everyone was fighting to go to Ilboru. Yeah. But for me, I said, like, I need to be in Dar es Salaam yeah. so that it's easy yeah. to be connected, especially with where things are yeah. in business, technology, and everything in yeah. between. So when you do that calculation in terms of choosing, the only school which we are coming there, it was Poku Second School. And Minaki. Yeah. And then when you look into the okay, so I, why should I choose between Pugu and Minaki? Yeah. But Pugu was had more portfolio, whereby okay, so Nyerere was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, teaching Kappa also studying there, wow. and all these big guys was actually studying there. Wow. Yeah. And say so like okay, actually this now it's my focus. Yeah. So the 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 main story here is. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that if you put a focus yeah. and you know what you want, yeah. you'll keep fighting and yeah. to make sure you are getting it. So then you got there, and then where did you go for university? So after that, uh, you know, when I was, uh, I, I take my, yeah. uh, you know, my PCM, yeah. uh, physics, chemistry, and, and math. mathematics, yes. because I want to jump into engineering. Yes. Uh, because even the, for the computing, because yeah. I, I wanted to go into computer, yeah. I didn't want to do computer science. Yeah. Because computer science, it's three years, yeah. and computer engineering, it's four years. Yeah. But everyone was, of course, was rushing to do computer science. It's easy yeah. so that you get, you know, you get the job, you get the money, and then you move. Yeah. But for me, I wanted to understand the core basic yeah. of how, you know, computing work and yeah. everything in the background. Yeah. Uh, so I choose uh, computer engineering. But at the time whereby we were choosing to go either to University of Dar es Salaam yeah. uh, or any else, of course, you could get maybe, you know, sponsorship and go to other country. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a lucky time whereby the new university for St. Joseph College of Engineering and Technology was opening up. It's actually set up in Tanzania. Yeah. So instead of going to India, yeah. you're actually there and they bring the all the professors lectures. from India uh, to come there. So at, at that time, it was like a best choice. Okay. So I chose and then I went to uh, St. Joseph College of Engineering. I then started there four years. Okay. So that's where it's all begin. Because with, with yeah. St. Joseph, even the way they used to teach was different. Yeah. You know, uh, the curriculum, it was more practical. Yeah. So we get to understand, first of all, the yeah. first year of the engineering, yeah. uh, we called, uh, you know, Kota 1 and Kota 2. Yeah. It was about computing. Yeah. It was general knowledge about, you know, the yeah. industry, yeah. you know, the engineering. We even studied civil. Yeah. You know, uh, we even studied like, you know, carpentry. Yeah. Everything in between, just the basics. I think that foundation, it's where now it's actually fitted the mind, you know, even the business. Yeah. You know, how can you connect this? How can you explain this? Yeah. And things like that. Those were like Sorry, a soft exactly. skill. Yeah. And then from second year, yeah. it's where now you start, you know, go to the channel of your specialty. The computer people are going to computer. Yeah. The civil, they go to civil, you know, the constructors and things around it. Got it. Yeah.
Talk to me about starting uh, Smart Codes initially. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. before that, it was, I mean, yeah, talk to me about that journey, about starting the business. Yeah, so starting a business, weirdly, I started a business while actually I was in university. Okay. So after the first year, as I told you, it yeah. was more of, a, you know, the basic core of engineering. Yeah. And then the second year, it's when now you start specializing. Yeah. So we do computer stuff. Yeah. So within the computer stuff, uh, on the second semester, of the second year, you have to go to field work. You know, field work, yeah. that means, you know, you close uh, uh, the semester, you go to offices. People, you know, they say like, hey, Benji, can I come yeah. and volunteer and things like that? Yeah. So that's where it gets started because so now at me at that time, yeah. I was far ahead in terms of thinking since yeah. I was spending my time still into, yeah. you know, computing. I understand that what's actually it's coming. Yeah. But when you look on our local context, yeah. we were not there yet. Yeah. So. When I went to do my field work, yeah. I didn't pitch or I didn't beg to do the field work. I went and pitched and said, like, uh, I went to actually two companies. One actually is uh, within the government. And said, so like, you know, I want to come and do field here, but I understand you guys, you, you are setting up your IT department. But your IT department, it's all about, you know, managing your servers, managing your whatever. And uh, most of the time when you go to the field at that time, you get this, uh, you know, machine to go and clean computer. That's your job. Yeah. You are not supposed to touch anything. Yeah. yeah. So how can you learn? But I told them, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, let's look on the business side. Yeah. You know, you are running, uh, you know, uh, a farming uh, industry. Yeah. But uh, it's the, the, the computing yeah. or the technology is not about the machine you have, yeah. but this one can help you in yeah. communication. Yeah. You know, uh, processes exactly. Like so you write emails to people, yeah. but it's in Gmail. Yeah. People are not going to take you serious. Yeah. You know, you are trying to print a lot of flyers yeah. while actually you could have a beautiful website yeah. so that people can really reach you at any time anywhere. So you know what? Let me do this for you. And even technology at that time was very simple. Just HTML. Yeah. Yeah. The era of Dreamweaver was already over. Yeah. So just HTML. And there's a lot of templates, but we wanted not to use now. Yeah. This is where the game begin. Not to become lazy and yeah. download a template yeah. and give them as a website. Yeah. Do proper yeah. design at which it's actually solving their business. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pitched. And so, like, I'll, I'll be here in the next, you know, three months. Yeah. And this three months, I'll, I'll make sure I'll transform, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your business to be able to be ready for the future. So I'll help them uh, build the website, uh, build, you know, uh, their communication in terms of the email, how they're going to read emails. And, you know, at that time, even the, the setup of the email was not through the Gmail. Yeah. We were doing the cPanel. I think the engineers will, will, will yeah. understand. Yeah. Where, again, if you do that cPanel, yeah. you become the host. You become the person who trusts because you'll be the one changing password. You can yeah. even check their emails and everything, yeah. but you need to be trusted. Yeah. So within that, uh, while we were registering uh, uh, the domains yeah. uh, at the government also launched uh, a certain uh, set okay. under TCRI. It was called TZ set, okay. whereby they were selling the TZ domain. domain. Yeah. But no one actually understood yeah. what the TZ domain means. Yeah. And everything was hosted in Tanzania. Yeah. So I was curious. I said, like, oh, actually, I think because I'm moving into cloud computing, yeah. I need to really understand how these IP servers, domains as yeah. an address works and everything. So again, I went to TZ set. Yeah. So this is after I finished my, you know, 
my field yeah. and went back to school. Now I'm actually on second year. Yeah. So I went to Trizad said, yeah. rather than, at the, at the same time, actually I'm studying. Yeah. Just after the, you know, after the classes, yeah. I say I can come, yeah. I can volunteer. Yeah. You know, you guys, you have this Trizad said and whatever, yeah. but people, they don't understand it. Yeah. You know, you need to put things, yeah. even in Facebook and things like that. Yeah. Facebook, banner, you are only. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's have wauni yeah. or whatever, as you say, yeah. but actually it's an audience yeah. whereby you can actually deliver your message. So I also went there and uh, volunteer. And uh, volunteer in terms of uh, they had a budget to do the advertising yeah. for the TZ set. Yeah. And so like, I'll do this yeah. and whatever it fits you, you pay me in XYZ. Okay. So at the early beginning, yeah. I was actually thinking business. Yeah. So the funny part is I, I wasn't actually on the thinking of starting the business. Yeah. Uh, I worked uh, with uh, Suma JKT, okay. it's a military. Yeah. And then after, because all these private company were just paying me in cash. Yeah, yeah. And then they move on. Yeah. But uh, I got a project. It's so like deal by deal by deal. Yeah, deal by deal, deal by deal, deal backpack, yeah. move right. and things yeah. around exactly. that. So I get the deal at, uh, you know, Suma JKT, yeah. which is it's actually military. under military, yeah. at which they were subsidizing, you know, the tractors. It was actually set up in Mwenge. And then they said, like, ah, here, you guys, you can do this and this and this and this. Yeah, I say, yeah, I can do this and this. I can help you set up yeah. the website so that, you know, uh, the Wakulima from Bear, whatever, yeah. they can actually, you know, send the text. Yeah. You know, that text can come to your database as an email and do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So within that project, I said, okay, okay so uh, you have done the project very well. Yeah. Now we are about to pay you. So what's your, what's your company name? Because you want to write a check. So I thought, okay, so what, what is my company name? <laughs> or, or the Tanzanian where you name the company after your name? Yeah. Benjamin's company. <laughs> exactly. So you went and do Edwin Enterprises. Actually, uh, at that time on my on internet, yeah. my AK was uh, techno design. Okay. I, I, I love technology yeah. and design. design yeah, yeah. Technology plus design in yeah. terms of communication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was calling myself techno, techno design. design. Yeah. So I said, okay. So to do this and this, I find a friend and then they actually tell yeah, me how to do it. Uh, well, we yeah. go to Brella and then, you know, it's like, I want techno design. Ah, no, you know, there is a techno brain, so you cannot yeah. have it. But it's, it's yeah. a different name. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. But it's other, you know, even in domain, if I change just one word, so, yeah. it means something different. No, yeah. no, people think techno design is yeah, techno brain, so yeah. you cannot have that. Okay. Come up with something else. So, okay, so maybe it need to be, okay, so let's call it Smart design or smart technology. Yeah. I don't know, you know, there was a telecom company and whatever, it's already called that and yeah. things like that. So we actually play with the names yeah. until it came as a smart codes. Yeah. Yeah. So within that, uh, it's fast but, forward. But, but, but even before that, right, yeah. there, was a, there was a time that you started a business called Popote Media. Yeah. It was that like right before smart codes, right? Yeah, it was it was uh, after smart code. Okay. So I started uh, smart codes yeah. when I was in second year. Yeah, and then I continue up to I finished my university university yeah. uh, fourth year. And then, and then after that, you know, now we want to go out and look yeah. for office. Yeah. Uh, the good news is that the Tanzania government under Costic we already start thinking, uh, you know, technology and innovation space. Yeah. Uh, so we called, we got this place called uh, DTBI, yeah, which was incubator. under Costec, the incubator. Yeah. We pitch, uh, you know, like what will be the future of technology and things yeah. around it. And then when we enter there, because I had a group of friends, and for them, we wanted to do more of a digital marketing. Yeah. 
And then when we wanted to register DTBI under yeah. smart code, but to say, you know, these people, they don't really understand technology. Yeah. It will take time. So yeah. let me pack those, those are the purported smart media people. Yes, okay. let me pack smart code, uh, you know, at, at a side yeah. and then focus on something else new. Okay. And then we form a group of four people yeah. and then we form a new name called Popote. Popote. Media. Yeah. So Popote Media was an, uh, an advertising agency, okay. which means when we say Popote, our, uh, it's like anywhere, anytime. Yeah. So Swahili, we always love to play yeah. with the words. So Popote Media, like you can be on on ground, on yeah. billboard, on digital, on Facebook. Yeah. At that time, Instagram was not there, yeah. but we wanted to integrate yeah, yeah, between sure. the local communication, BTL, yeah. together with uh, So what, what uh, happened with Popote Media? So we ran the company, uh, and then in between, of course, the business now uh, start booming. But I, I think it's all about the vision, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, with the team which we have, actually the funny part is uh, we had competitors. So all these uh, other agencies, they saw us as a threat uh, because we are rising. But of course, they were not really concentrated on digital because like, ah, this is yeah. digital is not the path. But for us, we understand digital is yeah. the future. Uh, so they start disrupting the team you know, come here and poach our people. And even they reach a point and to poach co-founder, can you imagine you can poach a co-founder yeah. to go and work uh, on a competitive, uh, you know, market yeah. in terms of the uh, industry. Yeah. industry. Yeah. And then that was not a big deal. So, okay, you know, and this is because we don't have money. Yeah. Yeah, because we understand yeah. someone can go because they say, okay, so if I remain, what are you going to give me? Yeah. Because the family also wants you know, people family, to eat. Say, kids, okay, it's okay. Yeah. You know what? You go and work on the competitor side yeah. and then we'll be coming here in the evening yeah. and then uh, we'll continue until yeah. we secure, you know, some, enough, money, yeah. uh, enough money. And then when we get money, you get back. Yeah. So it's working. Us at that time, we were not making money. Yeah. We were trying to build the company. And uh, lucky enough, we got our first big client, yeah. uh, which was Precision Air. Yeah. It's one of the biggest uh, airline, yeah. and they paid us very well. So we did the campaign. After three months, then these people they start, you know, paying us. So when now the money hit into the bank, yeah. now okay. So everyone started looking on the money rather than looking on the vision. Mm. So all of us, everyone starts having different interest mm. and then we got in dif different uh, fight of course i had the uh, you know majority share but you find out you know your founder want to take you to the court yeah just to do a certain decision so, so like, your co-founders at purported wanted to take yeah to are they purported okay. yeah actually it was the mi minority yeah uh, uh, shareholder yeah. is actually taking us to the court because he wanted to do xyz which is unethical yeah and uh, at that time you know I was young. Yeah. I don't have any responsibility. I yeah. said, you know what? This is toxic for me. Yeah. I say, this is your. If you want this, me, I don't have any time to go to whatever. It's yeah. actual waste of time rather than focusing on the client. Yeah. And we have a lot of other things to do. Yeah. And they quit my company. You quit your company. I quit the company. Even with how? How did you feel when you're quitting a company, the first company you started? Till today, uh, it's very emotional. Because till today, I left everything for them except one thing, just the domain, the popote.co.tz, because I still want to have that. I don't know in future what I'm not going to do it. But though the person who will leave the company is, is still using it, you know, and we have not followed up to understand exactly what's going on. Because you see, when you quit something, you need to full 100% quit it, yeah. you know. And then, since I already had, so actually, the, the reason why I did the quick, uh, you know, uh, decision, because I already had another company. 
smart codes. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. like, okay, so I'll continue doing smart code yeah. uh, in terms of technology. What I'll do because I have enough knowledge in design and advertising because yeah. that's what we are doing. Actually, what we agree is we'll leave uh, the purported to you with all the clients. I'm not going to come over your clients, yeah. but I'll add the service which I, I used to do at Popote yeah. to my company. Yeah, so within now the smart code, we are doing technology, but, but also design. we add marketing. So yeah. that's why we do technology and advertising. Through that, I, I think for us, we got an advantage because we understand technology very well yeah. and combining with the passion of marketing and communication with that rising, that's we how combine you... together and then that's how we propel. So, so Aaron, you move from smart codes to smart Africa group, why? <laughs> Yeah, so also this is all about uh, expansion and expansion by design with the vision. So within uh, SmartCode, you know, we started growing in terms of internally, in terms of department. So we have a department for advertising, 360 advertising. Mm -hmm. We had a department for, you know, building technology for other customers. And then we had a department for product, mm -hmm. building our own product, the likes of Rifali. And then also we had a department for production, mm -hmm. like a Content studio, creating content yeah. curated for our customers. Yeah. And also we had a department to bring back to the ecosystem in terms of innovation hub. Yeah. yeah. So within all of this, when we were growing, yeah. we saw them grow. Yeah. And actually, if you look at it, each and every department, it was had, actually had a segment within a certain industry. Yeah. Uh, so within that, uh, it's when now we did uh, a restructuring. Yeah. And uh, it's also because we had a vision yeah. to expand in Africa. Yeah. So you cannot expand the departmental. Yeah. And it's when now we, we fall right. all those departments become subsidiary. Yeah. So we registered the department as companies. Yeah. And then... The group of company now, the set, which is Smart Africa Group, yeah. which it's centralized all the administration, you know, HR, finance, investment, legal, and everything in yeah. between. So that all these other subsidiary, they can just focus on what they do best. Nice. So our advertising and, uh, you know, communication department yeah. remain as SmartCode because yeah. it was the core of the company in terms of branding and communication. Yeah. And then our technology department, we call it Smartnology, which Smartnology sells technology services to other companies. And then our department for, you know, uh, studio production, uh, we call it Smart Studio, okay. which now serve as a studio production and partnership with, you know, content creator to tell brand stories. And then also we had uh, Innovation Lab. Yeah. So this Innovation Lab, we call it Smart Lab, whereby we connect startup and corporate to connect them with investor and of course to grow the idea and the last one is a, a smart foundry yeah. so this is the core of the product and technology and everything in between yeah. so with the with the nature of smart foundry yeah. we have different products yeah. which we have one of them uh, it's rifali yeah. which is now we have launched for east africa yeah. uh, so that's how it's structured across from all the subsidiary to smart africa group understood for context for everybody uh, tuning in, so you guys work with the largest oil and gas company in Tanzania, Total. You work with the largest telecom in Tanzania, Vodacom. You work with one of the largest banks in Tanzania, NMB. You also mm -hmm. work with the largest FMCG company, TBL, Tanzania Breweries. Mm -hmm. um, how do you get from Moshi, mm -hmm. Tanzania, yeah. a tiny city in Tanzania, to Dar es Salaam and now to be holding some of the biggest accounts for some of the biggest organizations in the country? Yeah, For us, it's a bit more of uh, curious and passion but uh, not to look more on the revenue part, but more on uh, how can we add value 
to the customer? Mm. And how can we add value to our partner? And most of our clients, we actually don't state them as a client. Mm. We take them as partner. Yeah. Because we want, we want to, want to we go to one of the, of the clients yeah. to give them cross-transformation yeah. of from their communication transformation, technology transformation, and even their future. That's why we implant Smart Lab, whereby even them within, if they want to innovate, we innovate with them. Because yeah. we always, uh, uh, you know, uh, joke with them that, you know, uh, technology or innovation is not a department. Yeah. You need a partner to build the future of your customer. So when you build a business, it's hard. You have people join and so on. And then you obviously have to manage people and grow a business. You yeah. are now, you know, between 70 to 100 people at your business. Yeah. What has been one of the, like, let's say, one of the hardest things about managing people? Uh, of course, uh, to manage people, you need to trust them and you need to trust them that, uh, you know, they can deliver uh, what is per, uh, your vision. Uh, sometimes, of course, it's not 100%, but keeping reminding them. And even you see people making mistakes maybe yeah. on a certain angle, yeah. don't go jump and start doing it yourself because yeah. that was actually like a disease. Yeah. Uh, so it's to manage the art of delegation, yeah. trying to delegate each and everything. Yeah. And then, of course, you monitor and trying to be more of a leader rather than, you know, a boss yeah. so that you can work together and give them time to try to infuse the yeah. vision. And then within those discussions, it's when uh, the, the company can grow as we are. Have you ever been, um, felt like somebody let you down where you really trust them in business? Many times it's happened. And of course, this sometimes it can be in any level. Either it's your receptionist, either, you know, it's your manager, either it's whatever. I think at the beginning it was like when you see someone want to go or maybe someone just, you know, they resign based on your competitor or your customer wants, you know, they maybe they, they can't pay you, but they think they can take your people to go and implement. So at, at those were, I think, the thing which was really hurt me in the beginning. But with time, I understand that actually it's not about me. Yeah. It's about people also, they have to grow. Yeah. Though we are aggressively pushing things, yeah. but also if we let them go yeah. and try something else, yeah. and then later uh, we found out they go, and later they'll come back, and then with the push of uh, you know um, pitching and of course leading uh, them to the vision, yeah. it's more uh, delivering to the company. So uh, for what I've learned that uh, it's more of making people understand the vision yeah. and the vision always have to be crazy yeah. and with that craziness people will find a way to figure it out to their destination yeah, yeah. um in the tanzania tech ecosystem or the space you know we're here in nairobi today and yesterday we had a discussion about comparing both ecosystems uh, yeah. why do you believe tanzania's ecosystem is behind uh kenya's yeah i think uh it's more of the networking and um, uh, people daring to meet and, of course, to discuss other things. I think we discussed last night uh, when we had that, uh, you know, um, gathering after the event whereby people are willing to meet and share. And, uh, you know, someone can come just on your face like, hey, Benjamin, you know, I do this and this and that. Uh, while I think on our market, people, they still have a fear that daring of doing something people think like you know for me to go and meet benji i have to ask my uncle i have to ask all the connection why they can actually call you 
you know, me, for example, anyone who call me within my number, even if it's a non-number, I call it back mm. and you make those meetings. So it's that daring, uh, but also we cannot complain much on the regulators and whatever, but it's all, all about, you know, ourselves in terms of the people which we work together. How are they going to push themselves to deliver more? And to reduce a little bit, I don't call uh, laziness, but more of daring to do more. And of what do you course, think that comes from? Yeah. Where do you think that comes from, that fear that you talk about? The fear, I think it's our markets. For the way I have seen, I've been into different countries. I think we're more relaxed and uh, everything is easy. You see in Tanzania, even back in the days, you know, if you want water, you can just walk in someone's door and say, hey, can I have water? In another country like in the U.S., you cannot do that. So, so the fear that if you are in another country, if I need water, I need to work to get water, mm. it's what we don't have uh, in our country. But I think with time, with this new generation, I start seeing that uh, start growing. People, uh, they want big things and they know that what? to get big things, they have to work for it. What concerns you the most about the tech ecosystem in Tanzania? What concerns me the most? Uh, I think it's more of uh, we need to do more and speak less. That's the most important thing. Say more about that. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, what I mean is more of the execution. Let's say, for example, if someone say like, you know, you launch Nala or you launch Rifli, rather than start talking about Rifli without asking what is the core of the business and why you are doing this, people just say, ah, uh, by the way, these people, they move from Mpepa. Even actually in the market, back in the days, people thought, Mpepa, ah, these people, you know, they have just sold it. They didn't even ask you. Even within the uh, ecosystem. So it's more of we need to have, and thanks God now we have a TSA, Tanzania Startup Association, which uh, of course we are on the group and push that we need to have, you know, even weekly uh, catch-up uh, events, not really meetings, but events for people to connect. Because you see, entrepreneurship is a lonely corner of a journey. And uh, we see people doing things and uh, we think like it's magical, but actually there are other people in the corner, they're actually suffering the fear of fail, the fear of betrayal, the fear of whatever. So if we have this either weekly, monthly quarter meeting and meet up and say, I tell you what I'm actually challenging and you, you will open up. Hey, by the way, three years back, I was facing the same thing. This is the way I encountered it. But if we are not sharing that experience, then if we see someone else succeeding, we think it's a magic. Well, actually within the ecosystem, we need to share that. Uh, we should not just share success, but also we should share our failure in the process. What has been one of your hardest moments as a founder? The hardest moment as a founder? Mm. I think um, the main hardest moment as a founder is when you believe in something and you see people, they don't really see the picture and you really have to fight and unpack sometimes, you know, you have to do whatever it can be done. Uh, that's, that's have been, you know, the moment which you cannot explain and you let it go, though you know that uh, that thing, if you could do it this way, it could actually work. And sometimes this, it's mostly happening on the client side. You are trying to explain, you are trying to do this, but because someone else have, you know, priced it cheaper, they think it's a way to go with it. What is, when you have people at the organization, you talk about people leaving, people get higher salaries here and there, and like you, you understand that. What is one, the most important piece of advice when you're hiring somebody that you give a fellow founder? The main piece of advice, uh, um, it's actually to look into the person if they really understand the vision of the company 
and are they willing to be on the you know on the rough road yeah. before we go to the main road and uh, to continue telling them that this actually is the main road but can you please you know let's start from this and always not to compare you with the likes of you know the google and whatever but us as a startup founder we need also to sell that so in between and that's what of course it's called uh it's caused the you know the poaching you know uh the whatever or maybe someone actually for me if someone get poached it's actually hurting me more rather than if seeing someone go and do their own business i like to see people if they live at smart africa group they need to go and do something else you know that means they've already started understanding the opportunity because after that they are going to create new jobs and within that in the future i believe that we can connect and work together cool. how do you believe uh, or how do you as a group think about uh, challenges in the industry for example mm-hmm. um, in many industries across uh, the region people get deals such as like oh i got this deal with total or whichever industry that you're working with because I know this person or that person or this person right and probably people say that about you guys oh Edwin only got there smart cuz only doing this a smart africa group only got this because they know these people and there's like friends or whatever yeah. what advice would you have for somebody who is assuming that for you mm-hmm. but also would like to get to that position maybe mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they have the adequate connections to get there yeah so for us we 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 i mean especially for me i never had uh, any connection Uh, the connection have been built based on the work and the things which we have been uh, you know delivering and uh, even the fun thing i can tell you even my parents they don't really understand what i'm doing yeah, yeah that means it can tell they cannot connect me anywhere yeah. but uh, the the for me even as a smart africa group yeah. we have never raised any money because for us we say that we are not going to pitch to vc rather than we'll be pitching more to the customers So our customers have been our journey for the founder of the business. So we always look into how can we over deliver? And when we over deliver the promise, you'll find out that the client will tell other client and then it's when we have been growing. And of course uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, the business the water can tell uh, my our you know uh, the ecosystem or maybe the entrepreneurs is the most important thing is to build the network you know and you need to build the network when at the time you don't need it not building the network now because i need something from yeah. benji no building the network for the future yeah. so we have to start helping yeah. and then in the in the in the run people will remember you and they will come back to you for you to yeah so my only always favorite quote is always saying that you know your network is your net worth it's for you to figure it out how to convert it so edwin The journey you've been on is very inspiring for what you've done from Moshi to Dar es Salaam now to East Africa with Smart Africa Group and everything you've built. I know it's not been an easy journey and many people from outside maybe assume ah this 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 but what for you what matters to you most in life and why? Uh what matters me most is to deliver value or to help people to achieve their things. That's why even when you look into core of mm. the business of Smart Africa Group, we like to connect people and organization because we think if these people are connected and get empowered, they can do more. Because I come from the family background whereby you know, you if you need something and you you cannot get it at home, you need to go to the auntie, to the friend, and yeah. whatever. So if the whole ecosystem is empowered, which means the livelihood 
of everyone will be elevated. So connecting and helping people, which of course inspired to also helping companies, mm-hmm. it's what actually connected to me more. And with this thing, actually, I find automatically that when we say like you build your network, because when I meet people, I don't really start pitching business because sometimes I, I think they will not understand. So it's more of connecting with them. You know, help them on a few stuff. And then later on, when you see an opportunity, you take within a certain subsidiary or a certain product and then introduce them. And even when we introduce to it, it's actually how can that help them? It's not about them getting you get paid, but how can you elevate this person? Because the way they are going to continue scaling, pretty much you, the person who is helping also, you are going to scale as well. If the president of Tanzania, President Samia Suluhu Hassan, was right here in this room right now, and you could tell her one thing about technology in Tanzania, what would you tell her? Uh, I cannot say uh, technology is the future because each and everyone understands that, uh, but I could say that, you know, we need to give, you know, the youth and technology people a platform to make a mistakes so that within that, it's when we'll discover something. Because when we want to, especially for us innovator, that means we are building things which have never been there before. That means we cannot be binded with uh, regulations, which is a regulation based on the existing system. So when we given this window, of course in technology, you call it sort of like a sandbox, but that's a very technical part. But it's all about to give people opportunity to try. If you think they try with a good intention, then you can bring other, you know, uh, other part to make the part work. And within that, if that work, because technology, it's actually, even investment in technology mm-hmm. is not that hard compared to infrastructure, constructions and things around that. Because even us, when we started, the profit was just to have a laptop and the internet mm-hmm. and you can do amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we're given a chance and people, if they will, the people around us as a family, but also the government as a whole, to accept that the failure is part of the process, then we can do more. All right, we have a quick fire round of questions. I'm going to ask you two things. You have to pick one, okay? Uh, okay. All right, important one, Ronaldo or Messi? Uh, Ronaldo, though I'm not more of a football person. Okay. Um, Biryani or Pilau? Pilau. Why? Uh, You see... It's a fun part, but for us people who are we are coming, you know, from the yeah. interior of the marsh and whatever, we always eat pilau during the celebration of something. Yeah. So when you see pilau, you see like actually it's in store happiness. Yeah. So if I eat pilau, I feel happy. Who's the best Tanzanian music artist? Diamond, of course. If you had to pick for a vacation to go to Zanzibar or go to the Serengeti, which one would you pick? Uh, it depends because I'm um, also I love traveling. Uh, so if I want somewhere quiet and to be offline, I'll go to Serengeti. But if I want somewhere whereby I can see, of course, the nature of water and still connect with people, I'll go to Zanzibar. Instagram Reels or TikTok? Uh, Instagram Reels. Simba or Yanga? Uh, for me, I'm staying in between. <laughs> but but I, I I'm not much of the football person, but yeah. uh, I like the the fighting, and yeah. uh, for me I see also as a platform yeah. because it's actually make people refresh. And uh, if you want to network, I realize you need to be into one mm-hmm. so that it's like an icebreaker when you when you go even to the meeting. You go like, hey, oh, so football, are you, you know, like Arsenal, are you guys? You start that's like a start connecting yeah. before start talking about big words. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Edwin Bruno from Smart Africa Group here with us today on the Build Our Africa Speaker Series. It's really inspiring to learn about his journey from where he started mm-hmm. all the way in Moshi, Tanzania, north uh, eastern Tanzania, the rural city there, to Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, now expanding his business all over East Africa to 100 employees working with some of the largest businesses in the region. So really proud of you and the journey you've been on. Asante Sana for being on the show today. Thank you very much and thanks for inviting me. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.